This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. I tried to teach him a ton of stuff. But what he did on Dancing with the Stars, I believe, was uh, probably taught to him by his partner. And it's clear that he, I've seen him dance before. He's not a good dancer. Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves coming at you from the official ATV bunker deep in the heart of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Joining me this week, as always, the Zorak to my space ghost from NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? Well, I, much like you, were going through a, a move. And as you can see around me, I'm in my own little bunker it's not in the heart or around concrete like you have so i don't know what we necessarily would call this but i feel for you with the move that you just made man because it is tough you obviously wasted no time decorating as you have wwe pay-per-view posters behind you i still have a concrete wall because it involves drilling and things that i am not exactly skilled at yet it's a work in progress but eventually this will evolve into the Corey Graves Studios, and it will be absolutely amazing, and it will make Sam Roberts jealous, and I will never invite him into my basement <laughs> to hang out and do sports entertainment content because, well, Sam doesn't want to come to Pittsburgh. Well, that actually brings up something I want to ask you about. Do you enjoy putting together, well, first, did you put together furniture? Did you put together anything? Do you like doing that? Listen, believe it or not, as much as everybody likes to think that we are, as a, as a company, full of bougie human beings who have no interest and more money than we know what to do with. Hell yes, I built a lot of my own furniture. I went to yeah. Ikea. Vic, have you ever <laughs> built anything from Ikea? Uh, as a matter of fact, what the computer is on right now is the only thing I put together, which was a swivel desk. And it took me all of about nine hours. And that is not an exaggeration. It started about two o'clock and it ended midway through Monday Night Raw. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't enlist you to assist me oh, in doing dude. my furniture, but your boy over here can build Ikea furniture like nobody's business. You I did have some system? assistance. I'm sorry? Did you get a pack system yet? What's a pack system? Well, yeah, look that one up and then put that together. You put that together. I'll fly you down here to put together our pack system. It's a whole closet 
that you put together. Like you make your own closet out of these systems okay, that all I, fit can together. I, can I really make myself look bad by what I'm about to admit? Uh oh. My better half is paying somebody to create a closet. <laughs> so I'm stepping on my own on my own little stand here. But yes, so, that, I, I, do, I actually inherited closet space in this place. Uh, to piggyback uh, off you, your designer is actually helping us design. So that makes my life that much easier anyways. You're using the same designer? Dude, we have the same taste, even down to the bathroom. We have the same panel wall. Tremendous. And do you know what a daybed is? Yeah, I built one from Ikea. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm looking at one now. I have no idea what it is. So I don't think anyone wants to hear about my unhandiness and your handiness because you this don't is making know what me look a like a daybed is? No, I never heard of a freaking daybed. I heard of a couch and a love seat and a chair and a recliner. The hell's a, the hell's a daybed? Vic, I have never been more ashamed of you. So let's talk about something that we should not be ashamed about, something that should be celebrated, something that you are very, very familiar with and the WWE Universe is still becoming familiar with, NXT 2.0, second week out of the gate. I was a fan. I dig it. What do you think in your ringside? Dude, I'm having so much fun because this, to me, is something new. It's something fresh. There's a vibe to it. There's a, there's a, a, a piece of authenticity to it that I'm very proud to be a part of. And we talked about it last week, being able to gravitate to somebody. And the NXT Universe has picked that superstar, at least I think, and I want your opinion on it, and it's Braun Breaker. You know, last night in the main event, Tuesday night in the main event, he reached for the tag. This place went crazy for that individual. And that's what's special about NXT 2.0 is there's so many different flavors of ice cream. But what's fun about it is now you can grab on and you can hitch your wagon to somebody and you can go on the journey of that individual's career. That's what's special about it to me. And that, and we talked about it last week. To me, that was what made NXT special in its infancy, the first go-round, whenever you had your your members of the Shield who were individuals and there were different characters and, and different superstars with different traits. And that's what I'm noticing a lot of in NXT 2.0, and I really dig it. I hate to use the word gimmick, because in this day and age, that's not what we want. We don't want gimmicks, but we need personalities. We need character traits. And I've seen glimpses of a lot of those just in a, in a short period of two weeks. And it reminds me of a conversation I actually had this past Monday. Uh, we were we were watching what was going on in the tele on, on our TV, and without selling anybody down the river, a dignitary, a higher up in the company, was watching the screen and leaned into me and said, "What is this person missing?" And I watched for a minute, and I said, "I don't know how to sell them." And the person I was speaking to looked at me and nodded in, in agreement and said, "I was thinking the same thing." Because ultimately, this is the sports entertainment business. Our job, your job, and my job as commentators is to sell characters, to sell storylines, to sell. We are salesmen in, in one way, shape, or form. And without having a feature on whatever it is that you're trying to sell, it becomes a much tougher sell. If you're selling refrigerators, it's a refrigerator. We've got lots of refrigerators. I don't know one refrigerator from another. But if you can walk into somebody in their house and say, hey, if you buy this refrigerator, it also does this. It does that. It does the other thing. It's got a freezer. It's, it doesn't matter what you're selling. You have to have features to be able to sell to a consumer. And so when you see a superstar on the screen, no matter how amazingly athletic they can be or how cool they may look, if you can't add any depth to that person, then they are just another superstar. 
And I think that's kind of what NXT got lost in. And I, and I don't mean this from a, from a negative place, but up until a few weeks ago, there were 30 guys on NXT who were unbelievable wrestlers who are sports entertainers. But tell me, without me ever seeing them for myself, what makes X superstar different from Y superstar? Different from B superstar, different from C superstar. You have to differentiate yourself and stand out. It makes our jobs much easier because now you have tangible qualities to say, oh, this person is this way because of this. Their mentality is such that they want this. And it all fits. It's all a giant package. But that's what I think NXT 2.0 has done a great job of in two weeks is at least creating interest going, oh, here's this guy. And just by looking at them or seeing a 30-second vignette, you have an idea of who they are. You may not know exactly. You don't know all the details. You don't know what makes them tick. And psychologically, you can't analyze them. But you have a jumping off point. And I think that is of the utmost importance. And you look at all the greats throughout WWE history and sports entertainment. You can generally categorize them or at least have an idea as to what they're. Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's the bionic redneck. He's a redneck. He's a hillbilly, likes to drink beer. He doesn't like authority. Okay, great. I can do a lot with that. Talk about Triple H, even back to when Triple H was the Greenwich Blue Blood. He was better than everybody. He thought that, he, you know, he was this, this cultural elite and he was above everybody. And then obviously the character grows and adapts and evolves and you, you put, you know, more clay on the mold and, and it grows and it becomes more and more of a, of a work of art. And I think NXT 2.0 has done a great job in two short weeks of at least establishing several really strong jumping off points for future talents to build from. Well, we always talk about the onion, right? You had layers to the onion. The onion has so many layers as you start to peel them back. And that's the same thing with talent in the WWE, talent NXT 2.0. The one thing you brought up that I, I think might connect with those that are listening to ATV, if you go buy a car, well, I want that one. Well, this one has GPS. Well, this one has power windows. It's the other things that it has that make it more special. And the way you can go, oh, do I want that vehicle or this vehicle? Well, that vehicle has 10 more different things. I can actually do more with that. You, you understand what's more valuable over there because there's different pieces of the puzzle. There's more, to use your terminology, there's more selling points towards an individual. And, and you keep, we, we, it's the oldest analogy in, in the game, the, the flavors of ice cream. Mm -hmm. To your, use your car analogy, every superstar has four wheels and doors and a windshield. And an engine. Right? Everybody that <laughs> walks through that door knows how to, how to perform in the ring. Now, some people are going to gravitate more toward aerial athletes and guys who do cool moves. And that's totally fine. If that's your flavor of ice cream, you love that, more power to you. Some people love strong characters. Notice throughout WWE history, the biggest stars were more about personality and charisma and emotion. And anything and else, man. Hogan, Rock, Austin. Cena. Cena. The list you, you goes throw, on. Right. And that doesn't mean they're not... They may not be master technicians in the ring, but they have something about them. John Cena, back to our, oh, how do you sell John Cena? John Cena's Superman, right? You, you, don't, you can't call him Clark Kent. He's John Cena. But when it comes down to it, Cena jumps in the phone booth, comes out, and, and defeats whatever is opposing Hustle, him. Hustle, loyalty, respect. Right. It's, it's an, you need these things. They are of the utmost importance. Maybe not on the independence or for the hardcore of hardcore fans who just love sports entertainment so much that they like to analyze move sets and, and spots, et cetera, et cetera. But to the public, 
to the WWE universe, which is a phrase we use on purpose because it's big. It is all-encompassing. We are a global company. So you have to have varieties of flavors of ice cream. That's why Baskin Robbins is still in business. There's an amazing mom and pop shop right down at the corner from my new house. It's a local business. It's got some of the best ice cream I've ever had, but they've only got about eight flavors and they change them and they rotate them. So I may have loved what I got last week, but I don't know for a fact that I can walk down the street and get the same thing next week. Consistency is important in business, in life, and above all in sports entertainment. That's why I think this whole uh, there, there was it was almost an experiment up until last week, or, or it felt that way. We we weren't sure what's it going to look like, what's it going to be. But now with two weeks, and, and it will continue to grow and adapt and evolve, and it it won't look next week like it looked last week, and vice versa. But it's good and it's healthy for the future of WWE and for all of the talent coming through the doors of the Performance Center to have opportunities and figure things out. There are so many new faces. I haven't been to the Performance Center or around NXT for for over a year. Over a year, yeah. So to see a lot of these people, despite being in the company, these are fresh faces to me. I don't know anything about these guys. Like I said last week, I knew of Braun Breaker, but I never saw Braun Breaker. And I saw him, and I was in. And I saw him again this past week, and a little more in. And now I'm curious. Now I want to see what this guy does, what this guy grows into, what he adapts into, where he evolves. I think it's awesome. I think it's exciting. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Well, Braun Breaker, one day could make that transition and continue to grow and one day headline an event like Extreme Rules, just like the former NXT champion is, that being Finn Balor, but it's not the same Finn Balor that I saw during his time in NXT. No, this is not not your standard run-of-the-mill Finn. Mm -hmm. We've got the Demon coming to Columbus to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at Extreme Rules this Sunday, streaming live, WWE Network on Peacock. How do you see this one playing out, Vic? Man, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped to see the demon. I mean, he is. Uh, it's hard to describe, and it's the whole visual, not just the individual. It's the visual of looking up when you're watching the TV and you see the ceiling, and it starts to lower down, and it's the red swirl of clouds, and then the almost like Gene Simmons playing the bass, and then crawling out of the smoke is is the demon, and he rises up but he's going to rise up against the head of the table, Roman Reigns. And it's like, I think we say it every week. Is there anyone better in the world right now, Graves, than Roman Reigns? Because he has been on a run of a lifetime, and I don't see it ending Sunday in Columbus. I've got to agree with you. I have a feeling that the demon is going to rise and the sky is going to fall and get Superman punched in the mouth because Roman Reigns is just on a whole other level. And it was evident this past Monday night on Raw when the bloodline came from Friday Night SmackDown to Monday Night Raw, kicked off the show. It felt huge. The atmosphere in Raleigh, North Carolina was unbelievable because you had a bunch of heavy hitters in the ring to start the night. Oh, and by the way, we would find out that at the end of the night, you get to see arguably the three biggest, heaviest hitters in the game in the same match. Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, the new WWE champion, Biggie. It was fun. 
it was awesome. And I think it really, really set the tone for the week of Extreme Rules. To your point, Roman Reigns, once again, last man standing. The end of the night, Monday Night Raw goes off the air. Who are we talking about? The head of the table. Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor this Sunday. I have no doubt it's going to be unbelievable. If you remember back to when Finn first got drafted to Monday Night Raw, it was within, it might have been the first night I was on Raw. It was oh, within yeah. the first few shows. And Roman threw down with, with Finn Balor, the number one pick for Monday Night Raw. And it was a, a banger, an unbelievable matchup. Both superstars have evolved and improved in the time since then. I mean, that was Roman Reigns, what, five years ago, six years ago almost. <sighs> Different playing field Nowhere now, man. <laughs> close to the, the amazing superstar that we get to witness each and every week. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's worth the, the price of the pay-per-view in and of itself. I think this is a, a, a big-time matchup, and I think it's uh, going to have the entire WWE Universe buzzing by Monday. Um, I'm really excited to see those two clashes you mentioned for the first, you know, since the original time that they met back back when to what they're doing now. Two totally different superstars, two totally different characters. It's going to be an unbelievable matchup. But that's not the only match I'm interested in. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, SmackDown Women's Championship. The evolution of the man in a very short time has been very interesting to me, per se, sitting back and watching her come back to this ovation, to this new kind of mindset that she has. That in itself sells this match for me, going all the way back to Bianca's, I guess, crowning achievement, you'd say, at WrestleMania. So to me, when it comes to this matchup, I would say this Sunday is a must-win for Bianca Belair. Because at SummerSlam, the world was shocked. The world wasn't necessarily happy. They were excited that Becky was back, but people weren't exactly happy that she robbed Bianca Belair in, in however many seconds it was. And I think there's a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth regarding that. I think this is of the utmost importance for Bianca to show up and show out like she does, as she's proven to do, particularly on pay-per-view, since she's really come into her own. I think Bianca needs to take this on Sunday. Otherwise, I think... The, the steam that has been built under Bianca. I think it, it, it's almost, think of it like a pressure valve. At SummerSlam, Bianca was red hot, red hot. She was about to take on Sasha Banks, big change. Here comes the man. Now everybody's looking at the man. Oh my God, feel good, blah, blah, blah. It lets some of the steam out of Bianca Belair. But in the aftermath, the WWE Universe rallied and went, you know what? This sucks. We don't like this. We're not happy that Becky Lynch beat Bianca. And it, it increased the pressure. In the valve, it's, oh, okay, now Bianca's going to blow up. Sunday's got to be when she blows. If she doesn't, then, then it's going to release the pressure again, and who knows when Bianca's going to find herself at the top of the card. I mean, it could be one of those cases where, hey, there's a draft coming up. If Bianca doesn't show up on Sunday and dethrone Becky Lynch, I would, as a, as a Monday Night Raw advocate or as someone who's on the show, I would love to have Bianca on Monday nights. Oh, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Change the scene. Change, you know what I mean? Maybe, you know, change change your plan of attack. It worked for Big E. Maybe Bianca should do the same thing. I think it's of the utmost importance. That said, I think Bianca's going to do it. I think the EST reclaims the SmackDown Women's Championship, and I think that will be almost as shocking to the WWE Universe to see the man go down in her first official match uh, post-SummerSlam. I think it'll be just as shocking as when it happened at SummerSlam to Bianca. Well, Becky doesn't have the element of surprise, as you mentioned, for Bianca Belair. This match, in some ways, is, in diff for different reasons, more important and bigger for her career 
than WrestleMania. And it's at Extreme Rules this Sunday because to your point, if you can't step up, you get forgotten sometimes. And this is a pressure situation for Bianca Belair. I will never bet against Becky Lynch, though, because she is the man for a reason. So I still think Becky Lynch will walk out with gold around her waist. I never suggested betting against Becky Lynch. I'm just saying that you picked one way, I picked the other. I'm just saying I think this is what needs to happen. But time will tell. We'll see how the cards fall this coming Sunday on Peacock. There's a lot more to get to, Vic. We can talk more extreme rules, but we have got America's Moist Wanted headed our way in a matter of moments. John Morrison joining the show. A lot to catch up with Johnny Drip Drip regarding, uh, well, he hasn't done ATB since he's been back in WWE. I can't wait to find out what this is all about. Vic, the time has arrived. Roll up your pant legs. Grab the towels. There is a flood incoming to After the Bell. Please welcome for the first time ever on ATB, Johnny Drip Drip himself, John Morrison. Welcome to the show, man. Good to be here. Man, towel is one of the only things that gets wetter and wetter the more it dries. Johnny Drip Drip approves of that, if you know what I mean. Just hoping everyone's having a nice, moist morning. This is going to be one for the ages with the mayor of (laughs) Slamtown. First things first, John, the After the Bell universe has been clamoring. They have been wondering. They need directly from the star's mouth. Do you have the ability to recap the plot of WrestleMania? Yeah, okay. So, (laughs) WrestleMania. Like, um, there's this... uh, you know how like, sometimes come, someone comes into the locker room and they think they know everything, you know? They haven't paid any dues. They just show up and they're acting like they're like a 10-year vet. Well, there's this dog, a Jack Russell Terrier. He shows up into the locker room. I play the character of Hammer. <laughs> Helix the Hammer, Monroe. And I'm kind of like the seasoned vet and this dog shows up. And um, first thing that happens is he does a couple like high-flying things. And then I put the boots to him, teach him a lesson, hit him with a dog whistle, you know? and uh beat him but uh he doesn't read the contract because the contract states that if he loses to me that me and um the promoter who was played by cliff from cheers own him so now um we own the dog and his family is obviously upset that their uh their beloved family pet is now owned by the hammer and cliff from cheers so they get one chance to uh win the dog's freedom and it's uh this kid and the dog versus me and a big German guy. And he got lucky in the, 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 the no spoilers. Freedom. You don't have to spoil it. I don't I just spoil want to, it. I, we well, just want to know how it ends. If, the if, overarching theme of WrestleMania. If, if the movie, if the movie ended, if the movie ended where like we owned the dog forever, it would be a, a very realistic. <laughs> this is for how most wrestling works, but, uh, but B probably not a family movie. <laughs> I, I, I have to say there's a couple things that were very rewarding um one going for like a handshake and tricking the dog why is it so fun to trick dogs like shake bud oh got your ass and uh the dog whistle thing man also pinning a dog why is that fun did you hook the leg on the dog yeah i couldn't Oh, okay. I, was, I was nervous. He was too small. I thought I was going to crush him. <laughs> I was also very nervous. That, uh, I went for a, like a top rope corkscrew. And, um, man, if that thing didn't move. It could have been catastrophic. Count to 100. That of dog, course. 
for any of the uninitiated here in the ATB audience uh, that is not familiar with what we're talking about, we are referencing one of the multiple uh, journeys that Mr. Morrison took during his hiatus from WWE. Obviously, everybody is familiar with your first run, Eminem, all of the incredible accomplishments you had winning the ECW championship. And then John Morrison was gone from the WWE psyche. You stayed very busy, though, not only making movies such as WrestleMania, Boone the Bounty Hunter, which is my favorite oh, to plug just because it's fun to say. It's, uh, uh, it's the best one, probably. Boone the Bounty Hunter. It is the best one? Yeah, that's, that's what you're most proud of, your, your body There's of work? two that I, I'm proud of. Uh, Boone the Bounty Hunter, which is one that I wrote, produced, and starred in, and a, a short that came out recently called The Speed of Time, which I highly recommend. It's, and where, can, uh, where can we find these? Um, the Speed of Time is on YouTube on a channel called Dust, but it okay. won it won the Orlando um, Film Festival for Best Short. It won about twelve festivals as Best Short. I got the Best Actor at a very small festival somewhere in Wisconsin. <laughs> hey, it counts. <laughs> and um, it won a best a, a bunch of Best VFX awards too. Um, in addition to like good movies, I've done a bunch of crap too. So, <laughs> is, is it something you've always been into, uh, even beyond sports entertainment? Have you always kind of had the passion and desire to, to be an actor or check out that, that aspect of entertainment? I was a film major. So, I, uh, I graduated from UC Davis with a degree in film and geology. And I, I think I'd started doing geology thinking I was going to be Indiana Jones. And then when you realize in like chemistry class and physics that, uh, it's it's not like Indiana Jones. There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of scientific calculations. And even if it's like I thought seismic exploration was pretty cool, where you yeah. set a bunch of charges and look for like oil reserves and different types of mineral reserves. But all the really good ones have already been found. So now to do that, you need to take a sub really deep into foreign waters. And if you find this stuff, it's not even like your. It's not yours because they, it, yeah. it belongs to whoever owns they, the land. It's Paraguay's coastline, so they own the. <laughs> well, now now you can make a film about rocks. Exactly. Or you can make a film about being the new Indiana Jones, which brings me to this question: What are you working on now? Okay, so actually, I'm pretty excited about this. You've heard about this, the oh uh, yeah, the Iron Sheik massacre, which is um, I picture locked it a few days ago. And that doesn't mean that it's done. It means that it's going to music and sound. And uh, the gist of it is uh, it's about a doll that becomes sentient and uh, murders people. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. Very, very cool. Well, you're having a, a lot of fun off, off screen with your WWE ventures. Tell me more about your time away. What did you miss most? What eventually led you back to the land of WWE? It's pretty crazy to like compare the two. Say WWE is like an express train, right? Like you get on and you just like shoot through life and you leave a crazy legacy, just a ton of stuff that you've done because you're doing live TV and it's out there every week and live shows in front of all these people. You're missing a lot of creative autonomy, which is what I've, the, the whole in, um, I don't know, my like thing of what I really wanted to have and be when I was starting wrestling was I have a million ideas and WWE is a live show. They don't have time for everyone's ideas. They have to produce raw SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. There's, there's so much stuff that some of like um, 
my really nuanced ideas, one, might not even work in the world of pro wrestling. And two, if every, like every talent's frustrated because they're not getting to do exactly what they want, but realistically, that's how it is. There's no time. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. You can't just say, Hey roster, what does everyone want to do? Right. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise 30... raw would be 13 hours long every week. Yeah. It's, it's just not how it works. So I feel like you trade this, like leaving this big footprint and legacy and doing a lot of sometimes awesome things and sometimes things that you're not super stoked about for leaving and having way more creative autonomy, getting to do exactly what you want. But Boone the Bounty Hunter took five years. The first version, $10 million script, Jen Morrison 2012 was like, oh, no problem, I'm Jen Morrison. Someone will give me 10 million bucks. No, <laughs> not even close. No one's giving a first time pro wrestler filmmaker $10 million. <laughs> so as we rewrote, the uh, the script got cheaper and cheaper to the point where um, I kind of felt like if I don't make this movie, it's never going to happen. So I ended up self-funding and selling my place in Manhattan Beach and uh, making it for about a half mil. And it was kind of exactly what I want, except I didn't have like the money to make it the complete vision. Sure. You know, like the part where like uh, we're having the car race the wrong way on the 405. No budget for that, for example. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. What led to Johnny Drip Drip? I would say I pitch a weird idea, at least one, every week. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Johnny Drip Drip was my rap name for the very first rap song that The Miz and I did. And um, I got it because I like to rap to Cardi B, mostly to annoy uh, Frankie, and especially if there's a car full of her friends. Then it's like, Drip Drip is lit. He hit like a kick from a brick. Kid, you a wannabe Johnny. So, you know, <laughs> this awful rapping that I do got me the name Johnny Drip Drip, and I just kind of kept it. But then it kind of moved into, like, who I was all the time <laughs> for some reason. This is, the, this is the most authentic Morrison that we're getting is, is Johnny Drip Drip. Oh, yeah. It's He's just, also a bad influence because he gets me in trouble a lot. Oh, yeah, Vic. When we hang out, like, you sing songs, you say all kinds of dumb stuff. Yes, we do. It's great. Graves, if you think, like, put me in the car, but then add Johnny Drip Drip to it, and then me saying more obnoxious things. Oh, yeah. We had a conversation with my mom at 3 a.m. one time that we cannot repeat here on this podcast that 
I'm would make even graves that, blush. But you talked to your mom that way. I was. I, I, I have been privy to some of, of Vic's but, but phone also, calls. Vic's mom um, loves it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> She's flattered. It's a very unique situation. No doubt about that. So Vic mentioned your, your or you mentioned your rap videos with Miz. So you, re, you return during the pandemic era of WWE, which is not ideal for basically anybody, but that's now the platform. There's a Reddit that said, um, Morrison signing back to WWE about a month before the pandemic might be the best business decision in wrestling history. <laughs> <laughs> Which is complete luck, obviously. So you're back, and obviously the pandemic era will live on in infamy throughout WWE history for one reason or another. You right. and Miz, I have to give you all the credit because Vic and I sat there ringside for the majority of, the, of these long tapings, and they were grueling, and let's be perfectly honest, they weren't a lot of fun. You and Miz, for me was definitely one of the bright spots every week because it was so different. It was so entertaining. Did that allow you, particularly the the hip-hop videos and all of the in-ring antics, were you allowed to exercise your creativity a little more than usual in that time frame? The one big plus about the pandemic, I mean, you pretty much nailed it, is the pace of everything is faster because there's no crowd. In my opinion, it should be at least. Because if you're doing something and there's no live crowd reaction just kind of standing there starts to sound, seem really dumb. Right. But it also opens the door for other types of entertainment, like the rap videos or the dirt sheets. And it's more like a, like a TV like talk show without a live crowd than it would be like an in-ring promo. And we embraced that right away. I mean, one of the very first promos we cut was, um, or dirt sheets that we did, was uh, let's ask the crowd what they think about us. And then we dressed up and pretended like we were in the crowd and cheering for ourselves. And I, I think there was a ton of drawbacks, obviously, about the, uh, the pandemic era or whatever it's called, Thunderdome era. But the plus is the opportunity to be creative in different ways. The one that stands out to me the most and... Graves, you were there for it was, I think it was Mandy Rose's hair. So usually like between the Miz and I, like I'm the one that comes up with like really, really far out there things. And um, Miz has to be the guy that's like, John, that's just too dumb. When Miz is the voice of reason, that's, that's quite a scenario. <laughs> we, we pushed through Mandy Rose's hair. I was originally wanting to do kind of like, like one of those like Hollywood documentaries of like the rise and fall of Mandy's hair. Okay. Clearly like a, like a 20 minute, like, like docudrama about Mandy's hair and like the split ends and like the trials and tribulations uh, wasn't going to fit. So we just did like a shorter version. You and Miz in particular stand out as two guys who seem to be having a blast. You've got a lot of freedom and get to really sort of express yourself and have a lot of fun and stand out for that reason. How did John Morrison personally figure out and navigate that line. <laughs> I said I figured it out. <laughs> um, I, I would err on the side of uh, driving myself crazy with ideas. Um, but that's kind of how I work. My wheels spin. Like I'm just constantly like in on overdrive. The key that I think to making a lot of things work that people forget is wrestling is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be having a good time. And Formerly, I really enjoyed working with The Miz it, and coming up with ideas. And he's one of those guys that um, it doesn't matter how dumb an idea is, 
especially if it's a poop joke, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll love it. He'll die laughing. And then you can kind of build something and go back and forth. And it's, it's usually fun. And in that case, we were lucky because most of our ideas pertained to our opponents. And even if you don't, like I have a ton of like weird dirt sheet scripts written and other ideas that never got used. But I started realizing that, you know, I like the process of writing it and thinking it through. And if it never happens, maybe not ever, still like the half a day that I spent um, writing a detailed fight against the Easter Bunny was still kind of fun. And I ended up hurting my knee, so I couldn't do it. But like, I don't regret doing it. It was it was still like kind of an interesting way to spend an afternoon. John, talk to me a little bit more about The Miz. I know, obviously, currently you guys aren't on the best of terms, but since you returned, the two of you have been inseparable. Even your first run, you guys had a great deal of success together. What has Miz meant to you and your career? I'll start by talking about The Miz in past tense a little bit. There's a, in the scheme of the wrestling business, there's um, certain people that become like really close friends, and there's a lot of people that become friends, and some that become acquaintances, and um, some that you want to slap the potato chips off the table with it. They're uh, sitting at it and catering. When I first met the Miz, I thought he was a real <laughs> just like everyone else. I was going to say that's it's the general consensus at first. Yes, but um, when we started tagging together, like I hadn't really spent the time to like get to know him or talk to him. And we, after we had done just our first loop of live events together, and um, we're in a car together talking, I was like, oh, like you know, when he's just kind of with you and you're talking one-on-one he's he's a really great guy like he's uh he's loyal he's got the same dreams and hopes as everyone he really loves wrestling and um he's kind of funny but uh he thinks that everything i say is funny which makes <laughs> makes you like him even more <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a confidence booster you know right. what i mean um but we're on the same wavelength humor wise and then so that's kind of how like i was like you know what i think that this tag team could be a lot of fun and it turned out to evolve and become even more fun than I thought. And then I was in his wedding. He was in my wedding. We became like more than just like uh, tag team partners and coworkers, like, like real friends. And um, when you're working with somebody that you really enjoy the company of, and you're on the same wavelength and you have chemistry on screen, it makes everything better. And there's a lot of tag teams out there. Like, I mean, like the Usos, clearly, like New Day, like those, it's not just like three guys that hate each other that show up to work. No way. Like the New Day, you can tell, like. It's genuine. You, you can't, you cannot best friends. create authenticity like that. I, I agree. Completely. Right. And um, so I think that's kind of how I felt about uh, working with Miz. And also I appreciated that, for some reason, I'm obsessed with like doing songs and music videos, even though I can't really sing. I just like like writing and thinking of like silly things to do and say. And um, Miz would usually go from like, we can't do that to like, maybe be like, okay, okay, okay. We got to, <laughs> we got to do this thing now since you emailed Neil and we got it approved. <laughs> well, that goes back to, to working with Bad Bunny. You know, and yeah. the fun you guys had. I think that the reason that worked so well was 
First of all, actually, Bad Bunny. I mean, that guy, for being such a huge megastar, came into the WWE and just went for it. Like, he was going to work hard and try to make everything work. And um, for me, it was like the best opportunity to make fun of somebody that's a real recording artist. Right. And yeah, um, those, those opportunities don't come along too frequently. <laughs> no. You know, and um, I, I think what I said earlier about you should be having fun. Um, it was really fun for Miz and I to do a diss track on Bad Bunny. It was fun to make fun of him. And he was having fun, too. And I think that's what made everything work. And when I say having fun, it doesn't mean like we're like laughing and like hugging each other on TV. Sometimes it's fun to kick someone's ass. Sometimes it's fun to like sweat someone. Sometimes it's fun to sucker punch someone. And um, it should be. It, it That's how I look at it. I'm like, I'm not the kind of guy that uh, is evil, so to speak. I'm the kind of guy that like, Maybe if I shake someone on the side of the back, it's kind of fun. <laughs> gotcha. You know, <laughs> but all in, all there's different fun. types of characters. And like, if you can figure out the authentic version of yourself, then um, it should be fun and it should be fun to watch. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So the other part of the equation regarding Bad Bunny was Damien Priest, uh, someone you've competed with semi-regularly for the past few months. What's it been like for you to now to your point earlier, as an elder statesman, as a, as a locker room veteran, to work with this new crop of talent in WWE? One of the reasons I train so hard and um, keep pushing myself is so that I can, no one's going to say keep up. I mean, Priest is good. He's almost as good as me, if you know what I mean. But uh, it's because guys like Priest and Cross, Keith Lee, Riddle, there's, like these phenomenal new talents and um, a ton of guys at NXT that um, are really interesting to me because each person is a new challenge. And I like having answers to all of their different kinds of moves. And I personally probably spend way too much time <laughs> studying like Muay Thai, Wushu, American boxing, collegiate wrestling, parkour, martial arts tricking, and Capoeira, trying to integrate all these movements into other people's moveset and arsenals to use as counters and or offense. So you're not only thinking for yourself, you're also potentially thinking for opponents as well. Yeah, 
because if you if you just think for yourself, it's uh, it takes two to tango. I I get what you're saying. You have to. Well, you know, there's the some magic. people who just think for themselves, and sometimes in this business, they actually end up becoming stars because they're being more selfish. And um, there's something to be said for that too. But part of what I do is trying to tell a story in a way that's not been done before movement wise and with like the backstory and promos, but the movement stuff is something that I take a lot of pride in and it might not be (laughs) what, what a lot of people think is worth it or even want, but it's what I like. And um, I think that's why I was at the parkour gym last night for three hours (laughs) working on a bunch of new stuff because if I don't, it'll slip away. And uh, one of the things that I take the most pride in will slowly erode. Well, I got to ask, you know, with everything going on, you talk about all these moves. How many of those moves did you teach to The Miz, who obviously is on uh, Dancing with the Stars? And had a really damn nice showing, I want to add. I got uh, two texts from Frankie, five minutes apart. First one. Oh, my God. Miz killed it. Such a good dance. Oh, my God. Miz needs to shut up. He won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched it back. He, it, the interview, I thought he did really well on too. I tried to teach him a ton of stuff, but what he did on Dancing with the Stars, I believe, was uh, probably taught to him by his partner. And it's clear that he, I've seen him dance before. He's not a good dancer. But on Dancing with the Stars, he figured it out. He must yeah. have been doing six hours a day because, wow. Yeah, I didn't impressive. he could move like that. No doubt about it. Well, now we've got Miz on Dancing with the Stars. Morrison, the draft is right around the corner. There are, of course, pay-per-views, Survivor Series around the bend. What is on the immediate horizon for Johnny Drip Drip? Let's see. America's moist wanted. I don't know. There's a lot of guys in this roster that are hurting for a squirting. Roman Reigns. I mean... Tough to say he's not moist. I mean, that guy's hair is never not wet. It's it's almost like a it's like a superpower. I think I saw him at a breakfast buffet one time. Hair super moist. I don't know how he does it. Big fan of that guy's hair. Um, Seth Drip and Rollins, the Drip King, uh, the Drip Thief. I, I would say. I mean, I've been moist since like, two, like three years, and suddenly he's a uh, calling himself the Drip King, and then Becky Lynch comes out with a. I think it was like one of the coats that Johnny Nitro wore in 2008. It was repurposed. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Very nice. Coat. Like I was a big fan of it, but it's nice to know that they're, uh, they're both big fans of a uh, Johnny drip drip. There's guys that have wrestled before in Drew McIntyre, Seamus, Bobby Lashley, kind of, because I've never had like kind of a, a real match mono mono with, with Lashley uh, MVP. I've wrestled a bunch. There's a lot of guys that people don't realize that, while I was gone, um, Keith Lee, T-Bar, Garza. I mean, I've had matches. I wrestled Garza in Monterey in front of 30,000 people for a half hour. Keith Lee, like T-Bar, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And the matches we had back then were phenomenal, some of my favorites. And we haven't been able to have that time or the ability to recreate some of those moments on Raw or SmackDown yet. So what I would really like is the opportunity to do what I think I do best on a show that people watch. <laughs> it, was, it was a bold, 
bold, broad brushstroke, but it was it was efficient. So yeah. I hope for your sake, I hope for the WWE Universe's sake, you get to run it back with Garza, maybe with T-Bar, and get to, to do so. Or, show. like I said, like Roman Reigns, like, I, like I've never, I did like a three-on-three with him, but like a right. singles match would be awesome. Rollins, I've never wrestled. Uh, against oh, that one just I mean, got me excited. Mm, yeah, that, that'd, yeah. Be, yeah. that'd be interesting. That'd be awesome. Be uh, Finn Balor, huge fan of him. Never, never wrestled him. Um, Pete Dunn, I had an, an awesome match with once that like somehow got lost the tape, but um, I was shocked at how good he was because he's like, what, like 22, 23. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's got a, a big, bright future ahead of him. Yeah. So, Walter, um, I'd like to wrestle Walter. Because he's uh, not Bowie, but Presley, my other dog's favorite wrestler. And um, so Presley was tweeting Walter for like like six months. Every time he came out, like Presley would watch his theme music. And then um, the first time I met Walter at Rumble before the lockdown started, I was a little too excited. Maybe he walked in and I was talking to like Edge and Christian and a bunch of the guys. And I screamed like across the room at him like, Walter! Hey, Walter, you're my dog's favorite wrestler. And I like ran over and um, I think I spooked him because he like, <laughs> he like turned around and left. And um, I haven't talked to him since. Like, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think I spooked him or like, he thinks I'm crazy, but I just I hope he just knows that I was excited for my dog. I was well, well, for, for Presley's sake, I yeah. personally hope we get to see John Morrison and Walter somewhere down the line. Johnny Drip Drip, keep doing what you're doing. We are all enjoying it. Good luck. I hope you stay on Monday Night Raw so we get to hang out because uh, you're one of the Yo. highlights of my week every week. So, Man, I'm my highlight of my week every week, too. <laughs> we'll see what the future holds. <laughs> and in the meantime, I am going to go uh, check out Boone the Bounty Hunter. I'm going to track it down later today when I finally get to breathe a little bit. Awesome. Well, thanks All for right, having John. me, guys. Yeah, man. Anytime. You're always welcome on ATB. Wolf, yeah. That was for WrestleMania. Well, there you have it, Vic. The most moist sea edition of After the Bell of all time. Always fun to catch up with Johnny Drip Drip. Always fun to follow all things After the Bell. And you can do just that on Twitter, at After the Bell, WWE. We're on Instagram and Facebook at the same link. You can follow me, at WWE Graves. You can find him, at Vic Joseph, WWE. Listen to ATB for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. You can keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network by following at WWE Podcasts on all social media platforms. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell.